Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Here in the morning menu, proudly presented by the Market Diner on 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, New York, in the regional market across from Destiny, USA. Very happy to usher in once again for year, it's technically year three, but year two inside of Wake Up Call, Fantasy Football Friday. It was its own mini show, and last year I put it into Friday's show, and it became Fantasy Football Friday, an hour-long segment of Fantasy Football dedicated to you, the Fantasy Football players, every single week, every single Friday. And we have officially started off here on Friday, July 21st, with Fantasy Football Friday, year two for Mike Sofka and I co-hosting together. I told you I was going to usher in this week and then get really excited to bring on Mike Sofka next week. But Mike, in an awesome turn of events, is here with me right now. So we're going to start it off the right way and both get to usher it in together for Fantasy Football Friday as we get you prepared for your Fantasy Football Live Drafts, which we'll have one down in Orlando, Florida in August. And we will have four at least in Syracuse, New York, coming up within the next few weeks. And with that being said, I welcome somebody back to the show that is uh, near and dear to me as a friend, as a colleague, and as a fantasy football analyst. He knows that I really do appreciate all that. I mean, eight years that we've known each other. So, you know, some one of the nicest guys that I know, and loyalty is a big thing to me. And obviously, when it comes to loyalty, Mike Sofka is a name that I can easily say for the last eight years of my life. So with that being said, Mike, how are you doing today? Awesome. Thank you for the uh, grand introduction there. I'm not sure it's deserving, but I really appreciate it. Well, you know, like I said, loyalty is important. It's hard to find loyal people in the world, Mike. It's hard to find good people, consistent people that are there for you. And I don't think that you can say there's any time that you weren't there for me. So, you know, with that being said, I think it's fair to say that you're one of the good ones out there. And so with that, we usher in Fantasy Football Friday, and I'm very, very excited for this. I love this segment. It means the world to me to do this, and I'm so happy to have it back. It lets me know that the drafts are coming up very, very soon. And Mike, so Mike, you know, first and foremost, what what's on your mind with Fantasy, Fantasy Football Friday ushering this thing in? What's the first thing that you want to talk about? I mean, we, we got drafts that are going to be coming up. Some people maybe already drafted early here, and got into it. What do you want to discuss as we start this thing off? Well, I think the biggest thing and the biggest thing on most people's minds is Ezekiel Elliott and that whole story about the you know lingering suspension and possibilities of that affecting, you know, his draft status. If you if you think about it, he's probably one of the top two or three guys. He's definitely one of the top two or three running backs. Um, and, and it's amazing. We saw what this he was able to do, but with the suspension lingering over him, you may have to make a little bit of adjustment, but, you know, it's almost like a wait and see. You're almost in a situation whereas the later your draft, the, the, the more probable you're going to be to get an accurate read on the situation. And when we look at this, you know, like you said, the later your draft, I always try to make our drafts, you know, whether it be the one in Florida or the ones up here in central New York, Syracuse, New York area, I try to make them as close to the season as can be, so that preseason's going, so the training camp's been going on, which training camp, shout out, start up right around now. Uh, training camp's been going on, and, and you know, preseason 
So if anybody gets injured in training camp or in the preseason, you know it, and you're already around it, so you know what's going on. And I try to do it at that point. I try to do it right before the official start of the season to prevent you drafting somebody who gets injured because inevitably, unfortunately, that happens in these preseason games and in training camp. So, you know, to kind of go off of the Ezekiel Elliott issue, season so that you have fell 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 season so that you have a fell season so that you have a, a, a full perspective well, with that as well. The plan B for Ezekiel Elliott, I mean, if, if this thing drags on and it, and it becomes an issue, who would you register, if, if Ezekiel is one of the top two, three backs, who would be the next man up if, if Ezekiel is not going to be available for a little while? Well, I'm not sure I would. I'm, I'm content with drafting anybody else that's in the backfield for Dallas. I, I You know, I might just bump Ezekiel down a couple spots on my draft board, and if I'm on the, like right now, I have Ezekiel Elliott, the number two running back, the number two overall pick, you know, standard scoring, of course, but I would think that he, David Johnson, and Le'Veon Bell are the top three running backs, arguably the top three guys in any draft this year, and you could interchange arguably any one of those. Right now, I've got Zeke in the middle at number two. I think that if he gets a two-game which is the you know the talk? I would think that he may drop down to about ten or twelve, meaning he's still worthy of a first round draft pick or still worthy of a first round running back pick. It just it depends on where he lies compared to who's available at the time. I may have to weigh that out, but surely I would think even with a two game suspension, if he's available at the end of round one, and that's where I'm at, I'm going to take him. Yeah, you know, and I think that we've seen that with Le'Veon Bell that. When, when Le'Veon, uh, you know, <laughs> two seasons in a row gets suspended at the beginning of the season, somebody took a flyer on him knowing it's Le'Veon Bell, and when he eventually plays, he's going to be good. So, I mean, I don't think in, in the case of Ezekiel Elliott, knowing what we saw last year, and as long as he doesn't have a sophomore slump, and then in the in the statement of, of Le'Veon Bell, and, and if he's anything like Le'Veon, I think that people are going to feel safe enough to take him depending on how many people are in their draft and what's going on in the draft to take him in the late first round, early second round. I, I don't I don't know if it's outside of taking him the number one or two pick, maybe. I don't know how much this affects his draft stock because I think people will look to Le'Veon Bell as an example for Ezekiel Elliott, and I think you know people know what Ezekiel Elliott's about. So I don't think that we're going to see a lot of change with, with Ezekiel Elliott as far as when he gets drafted outside of him not being a number one or two pick. Yeah, if I was a Dallas fan, I'd be a bit nervous because the guys behind him are Darren McFadden and, and Alfred Morris. And, you know, it's, it, there's question marks with uh, with either one of those guys. One of them is probably not going to make the roster. 
four games that he was suspended, they had somebody there to pick up the pace. And if you were a savvy fantasy owner last year, you recognized that, and you were able to scoop up D'Angelo Williams late in some drafts, and you were able to get some dividends early in the year. And D'Angelo Williams, you know, now the situation isn't like that for Pittsburgh, but D'Angelo Williams was that guy that you could lean on, and from two seasons ago I realized that. So, you know, he was one of those people that I didn't have any issue picking him up and saying, listen, I'm going to put him here, and at least for a few weeks he's going to be good. The issue that I had was the fact that, you know, he was underutilized. Once Le'Veon Bell came back, if you were a D'Angelo Williams owner, you weren't going to be happy Unless something happened to Le'Veon. I mean, Le'Veon Bell had to get injured again. And that essentially would put you in a situation where you could go back to utilizing your guy. Now, keeping here in Fantasy Football Friday, which will happen every Friday broadcast of Wake Up Call with Dan Satora from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, proudly presented to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub. The Wildcat Sports Pub is a family-friendly sports bar. Most sports bars are not family-friendly. And not sports bars. Hey, restaurants are not sports bars. This is the bonding of both. You get what you want. You can have a beer, draft with your buddies, and at the same time, you can bring the wife and kids and hang out. Or you can bring the husband and kids and hang out for all those women that are playing in the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge. And not only playing in the challenge, but kicking some butt in the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge over the last few years. So man, men, women, and children, welcome to the Wildcat. They have the NFL ticket. You'll never miss a game, never miss your favorite team. And so many different things on the menu that you can come every week of the year, not just the NFL season, and still have something new to try. So very happy to have the Wildcat, Danny Tome, and his family as part of the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge. And happy to be here with Mike Sofka every Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time inside of Wake Up Call on MixLR.com backslash DT. Keeping with running backs, Mike, I want to ask you about Leonard Fournette. I know the capabilities. I saw one of the greatest plays ever by a running back when LSU played Syracuse in the Dome, and Leonard Fournette turned what was supposed to be a 10-yard sack into a 71-yard touchdown run. He's ranked by some, and obviously you and I do our own rankings, but he's ranked by some to be a top 12, top 15 running back, having never played a game in the NFL. Where do you put Leonard Fournette? Draft position. 
when you look at a situation like that for him, I mean, can he be the change? Because I have the I have the notion in my mind that since Fred Taylor, there hasn't been. I mean, Maurice Jones Drew did did a few good things. He led the country one of the years with over fifteen hundred yards on the ground, or sixteen hundred, I should say, on a team that had little to no offensive line, which showed the true talent of Maurice Jones Drew being on a team like that. You know, Ezekiel Elliott's running behind uh, a line that many feel comfortable, I'm sure, running behind. Maurice Jones-Drew is behind a line that I would venture to say most people in America couldn't name all five people that were on that offensive line in Jacksonville. Fred Taylor had Tony Baselli. Leonard Fournette is going to have Cam Robinson and company. Do you believe that Leonard Fournette could be the next franchise back for the Jacksonville Jaguars? where they're on this rise, they seem to be in a great position with their defense. They've done things to shore up. They've done things through the draft. They've brought in some free agents. They've done everything they can do to shore up that defense, and it just worries me that they weren't able to shore up the offensive line more, but they're going to rely on Leonard Fournette. He's going to have the opportunities. He's going to have the touches. You know, TJ Yeldon's still there, but he didn't do much last year. For as many times as I went and saw the Jaguars, I really felt it was the offensive coordinator situation I didn't think it was so much I thought it was they were trying to make guys do things outside what their talent level is you know a great leader or a a great manager of people will recognize people's talents and put them in positions to be successful that's in life and that's in fantasy football and that's in the NFL on the regular game too if you don't have the right guys in the right place you know, when it comes time to kick the field goal, I'm not putting my linebacker out there unless it's Ray Lewis and everybody else is hurt. But the bottom line is is real simple. They're going to give him the opportunity. Everything's out before him. And if he can make something happen, he's going to come out smelling like roses. And if he can't make something happen, a lot of people are going to see past the offensive line woes and just say, well, it's Leonard Fournette and he wasn't what, he thought he, what we thought he would be and he's a bust. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Leonard Fournette is going to shine. I think he's going to have a great opportunity here. But let's temper our expectations. Like we pointed out, he is a rookie. And, uh, you know, not everybody takes as quickly. But if you look in the past couple years at David Johnson, Zeke Elliott, you know, there's nothing wrong with a, with a running back who's a rookie taking hold of things and taking charge right away. We've seen it in Devontae Freeman. We've seen it in Jordan Howard. Uh, Melvin Gordon did take a year to get going. But a lot of these guys, first cap out of the shoot, have the talent. And when you're a running back, if you have that talent, a lot of times you can shine right away. And I think that's going to be more so the case with Leonard Fournette, even with the offensive line woes. I think he's going to shine through, just not as bright as everyone thinks. Just let's temper our expectations and let's see. I think he's an outstanding running back. I would draft him on my team. Yeah, you know, I think I think Leonard Fournette, you know, like you said, let, temper the expectations. You know, it was nice for the first time in a long time to see last year that people were feeling good about Jacksonville. And, you know, that there was there was higher expectations and high hopes for the team. But at the same time, you know, I think, I think this team playing well could win eight or nine games. I think it's safe to say that they could win five or six. But, you know, I, Leonard Fournette can be something special. He is a big body guy, taller back. He has the ability to bruise. He has the ability to block and help out. He's got a tackle that's going to help him out. That you know, and Cam Robinson that could really create something special there in Jacksonville. 
but it's all on paper and we all need to see it and it needs to have some time and it's nice to know that people believe in Jacksonville more than they used to but ultimately the Jaguars have to put put it down on the field and not just down on paper and then we move forward from there and I, and I agree with you I think the offensive coordinator you take Greg Olson from the Oakland Raiders a, a team that had won I think two games two or three games you take him off that team you bring him to Jacksonville they go 12 and 4 Jacksonville continues to be abysmal offensively. So, you know, I wasn't for the Greg Olson hire, and it's nothing against him personally. I wasn't for the hire of Greg Olson because he was coming from a bad offensive output and a terrible team to another team that was struggling and needed help on offense. And I didn't think he was going to be the answer because he wasn't the answer in Oakland, and it wasn't working. And he came down to Jacksonville, and it didn't work there either. And now my guy, Nate Hackett, who I've known for a while, who used to be up in Syracuse, who developed the offense that Jacksonville's running with Doug Marone while they were together in Syracuse. So I know, I know if this offense is anything like I've seen, then I'll know a lot about what's to come here with the Jaguars, and it'll make sense when it's on the field. But, you know, you have a new offensive coordinator who used to be the quarterback's coach of Blake Bortles, so you're keeping Blake with the same guy he's had for now three, this will be the third year, and that goes understated about how important that is. I put it on the OC. I think a lot of that was, was, was the coordinator. I didn't think Greg Olson was a good fit. And when he left, I didn't think he was a good fit. I don't think anywhere in between. I was like, oh, you know, maybe. You know, I may, there might have been a flicker of a second, but I was never really for Greg Olson to Jacksonville. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the team reacts to the Doug Marone, Nate Hackett offense and, you know, how Leonard Fournette, I know that they like to run their backs, and I know that under Doug Marone, there was a 1,000-yard back for three seasons in a row. So it'll be interesting. They did it in Syracuse on a team that struggled. So it'll be interesting to see how they can translate that to the NFL. But before we take a step aside, Mike, what do you want? Because I know, you know I'll, I'll preface and I'll bring up a bunch of topics, but I want you to bring up a few and kind of start the discussion. So... You know, what do you want to throw my way here in Fantasy Football Friday as we usher it in for this season? What's on your mind? Well, I'm more interested in what who's going to quarterback the Jets. I don't think that the Jets are a very good team. Um, you know, something that sticks out in my mind is they, they made a big move to move up and get Christian Hackenberg, but this is a guy that's yet to see the field, and this is a guy that doesn't look like he may ever see the field. So who is going to quarterback the Jets? Well, they have Josh McCown, they have Bryce Petty, Christian Hackenberg, and Jason Vanderlyn. I would venture to say that in a situation for them right now, if they had to start today, I would say they would put Josh McCown out there because Josh has had the experience, he's managed games, and he's been the cleanup guy in other situations. At the same time, I don't think Jets fans are going to like it. I think they want something new. They want something young. If it was me and I was the general manager, the owner, whatever, of the New York Jets, Bryce Petty would be out there playing for me. Reason being, he didn't do terribly in the opportunities that he had. He's young, and he's on a team that's completely changed. I mean, you look at their wide receiver, Sharon Peak, Darius Stewart, Robbie Anderson, Quincy Anunwa, I mean, Jalen Marshall. A lot of these guys are no-name guys outside of Quincy Anunwa. And because he, he did some good things last year. You know, Jordan, Jordan Leggett, 
Austin Safarian Jenkins, who's coming back this year. Matt Forte, who's going to try and make it happen. I mean, this is an entirely new offense sans, like, two guys in Inunua and Forte. So if it was up to me, I would put Bryce Petty out there, and I'd let him run this young offense. But I want to know what's going on with Christian Hackenberg. I want to know why he is not ready, he's not prepared, because we, we hear, well, he hasn't shown the coaches what he needs to show them. He hasn't done enough. He hasn't done anything to let them know that he has a desire to be on the field or he's going to learn or he's going to advance. And I want to know why that's being said. But if I had to put my feet to the fire, I'd put Bryce Petty out there. I'd give the fans somebody that they don't know enough of to hate yet and let them play. Yeah, that would be a sense to me, either Hackenberg or Petty. And if Hackenberg's not ready for the field, that's fine. Nothing against McCown. He's a fine journeyman player. He's had many years in the NFL. And I'm sure having him on the roster and beside these two of young quarterbacks is a helpful thing. And I don't know that it's his obligation to do that. But, you know, guys like Josh McCown, I'm sure he's more than willing and able to give back to the sport that's given him so much. I don't think Josh McCown is the 32nd best quarterback in this league. And that's where they're catapulting him by having him at number one. If you've got a, a, a roster full of no names and you've got some chances you need to take, you know, i got news for you. The only way these quarterbacks are going to get any better, even if they're not giving you what you need in practice, is game time. And they're not going to get game time unless you give it to them. And I don't think you're wowing anyone with Bilal Powell and Matt Forte anymore. The wide receivers are, you know, I, I don't think, I don't know what we're doing here in New York. They got uh, like 15 receivers on the roster right now, and I'm not, I'm not happy with any of them. So I think you put one of those guys out there, and if one of them fails, you put the other one out there. Go put the petty, and if he doesn't cut it, maybe Hackenberg will cut it. You know, I remember back to when Peyton Manning started and he led the league in interceptions. That's Peyton Manning we're talking about. These guys take time to develop, and if they're not on the field, they're not developing. You know, who's to say that next year, you know, they don't go after another yet another quarterback in New York, which is a possibility because they're probably going to stink it up this year. Yeah, you know, and, and that's, that's the issue with the New York Jets is that the answer to the question, who's going to be our quarterback, hasn't been answered in a long time. You know, Geno Smith, his last game in college was in the New Era Pinstripe Bowl when he wasn't playing a Big 12 game. He was playing Syracuse's defense, which was pretty darn good at the time. And they completely embarrassed him in the snow. And I, I literally sat there and I said, he's not an NFL quarterback. This guy is not an NFL quarterback. Maybe an NFL wide receiver, but not an NFL quarterback. He went to the NFL and proved that he wasn't an NFL starting quarterback. And then they tried the, the Tim Tebow, which was more just for publicity, I believe, and get people out to camp. And they never really treated him that well. You can't run a wildcat offense, which is supposed to be an element of surprise, when the only time Tim Tebow comes in is to run the ball. There was no element of surprise. He was coming in as a running back. And every once in a while, he would maybe throw a one- to two-yard pass. So the Jets underutilized him. They had Geno Smith, which didn't work out. And you and I spoke about Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Ryan Fitzpatrick has had the same pattern his entire career. Good, good, bad, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. It's always, if there's a really, really good or a somewhat good, then there's usually a bad year to come with it. He asked for all that money from the Jets, and then a bad year came with it. So 
They haven't had an answer for a long time. I think Josh McCown makes people think of Ryan Fitzpatrick and feel more of the same. So I think it has to be Bryce Petty. I would love to see Christian Hackenberg, who played against Syracuse in MetLife Stadium, the home of the Jets, when he was a member of Penn State. But, you know, ultimately, if, if he's not ready, go with Bryce Petty, which, which, which might be my Dr. Seuss tagline. But it's going to be an interesting go at it as we move forward because, once again, the Jets don't have a dominant person going into camp that can be their guy. Mike and I are going to take a step aside in Fantasy Football Friday inside a wake-up call for a fast break. We'll be back in just a moment. This is a wake-up call fast break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. We are inside in the middle of Fantasy Football Friday, an hour-long segment dedicated to you every single Friday broadcast, and we've ushered it in on Friday, July 21st, and the 21 is my favorite number, so only fitting that we do it on a day like today. Mike Sofka down in Orlando, myself, Dan Tatora, up here in central New York, and we are bringing you fantasy football analysis as you get ready for your fantasy football drafts coming up. As I said, if you want to be a part of the Wildcat Sports Pub live on-site drafts and leagues, then go to the homepage of wakeupcalldt.com and sign up right there with your name, your email, and a message saying that you want into fantasy football. And down in Orlando, we will be drafting for our unprecedented eighth year and I'm very excited about that as Mike and I will take on the league once again. And so over the break, Mike and I were discussing some of the things we wanted to get into here in the last half hour of the show. And one of them is the quarterback situation in Cleveland. So I'm going to defer to Mike first, and then I'll give my thoughts on it. Mike, what do you think about the Cleveland Browns and their three-headed quarterback at the moment? Kaiser's development is in training camp 
is he be able to will he be able to pick up reads? Will he be able to pick up most of the offense, or will they have to pare it down and be very vanilla to start? Cody Kessler is the most polished of all, and I think he deserves the start and the opportunity. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, see Kaiser real soon hit the field, maybe mid-season, especially if the Browns are struggling, which they probably will be. I think they're going to see a better Browns team than we've seen in the past, just not marketably better. Yeah, and I think the issue is the Browns elevated their talent at quarterback, but those three guys are taken up in one spot. And what about the rest of the team? You know, when you look at the Cleveland Browns and, you know, Gary Barnage, who kind of retired or didn't know what he wanted to do, He's got, he's got an opportunity potentially with Jacksonville coming up. But David Njoku, who's a rookie out of Miami, he's got an opportunity to play right away at tight end. He could be some big help to them and could be a fan favorite rather quickly. Corey Coleman looked like he was going to have a good rookie season, but he got hurt. It would be nice to see his return, full return. Kenny Britt is another wide receiver who often gets injured. Kenny Britt with his hips and whatnot. I remember not drafting Kenny Britt, waiting on him, seeing him in free agency. He had a great game where he had a couple touchdowns. I picked him up. He got hurt, went out, came back, got hurt again. So Kenny Britt, he's been all over the place. And what he's going to be to this team depends on his health. Outside of that, Ricardo Lewis, Rashard Higgins, Jordan Payton, Mario Alford, I would venture to say that most people know none of those names. So Corey Coleman's going to have to step up, but they don't have depth at wide receiver. Isaiah Kroll's done okay. Duke Johnson Jr.'s done okay. Matt Days could steal the show as a seventh-round pick out of NC State, who's always been counted out and kind of under the radar. He's a 1,000-yard back at NC State, and he made history with being the first to do it in, in a very, very long time. So Matt Days, to me, could be a big steal of the show with the running backs in Cleveland. But, you know, I think, I think the weapons for the quarterback are David Njoku and Corey Coleman right now. I would like to see Cody Kessler get out there and develop. I think there's some good things that he does. I think that he is underappreciated because people don't know what to expect from Cody Kessler. He's had some good games. He's had some not-so-good games. But he hasn't been consistently out there as a quarterback. Osweiler, like you said, he's getting paid a ton of money. And I thought that Cleveland made a stupid decision taking him off of Houston's hands. But I thought that they would ship him out really quick as trade bait for the draft and they didn't do it so now they have Brock on the team and they're they're kind of stuck with him for now but Deshaun Kaiser I'm kind of with you Mike that I think we'll see him at some point this season maybe week seven to match his number who knows but I think that they should start with Cody Kessler I think fans might be pleasantly surprised with him I think he's a better quarterback than he gets credit for so it's going to be an interesting situation that we're going to pay close attention to in training camp for sure you had another quarterback situation that you wanted to discuss with Houston, so I'll let you go with that, and then uh, and then I'll give my response as well. What do you think about with the Houston Texans at this moment? Well, you know, we've been hearing, even since they drafted Deshaun Watson, that Tom Savage was going to be the guy, and a lot of people are going, who? Yeah, well, that's what Tom Savage is. That's what you get there. I mean, they got Brandon Wheaton also on the, on the roster, but, I mean, let's be serious, that's not going to happen, so... I think Houston's in a great position. I think Deshaun Watson's, you know, talented athlete. I'm not sure he's the best quarterback out there, but if you look what Houston has around him, this is a tremendous opportunity. Anytime you have 
you, you, you look, they got a great situation at running back. Some argue that Lamar Miller is losing a step. Dante Foreman just got the arrest, so there's some question mark there. But uh, he's got some great receivers as well, and Hopkins and Fuller, Strong, Braxton Miller. So this is a situation where he could flourish if they allow his athletic talents to come through because they have a great defense. They have a better opportunity. They can take more risk, more chance than a team like Cleveland, whose defense is still somewhat suspect, even though they have some outstanding defensive backs. Yeah, you know, I think I think for me, for the Houston Texans, Tom Savage, who's a guy that came from Pittsburgh, he's not a bad guy, he's not a bad backup, and if you're in a disaster situation, I feel somewhat comfortable in putting him out there. But I think that Deshaun Watson is who the fans want to see. Those are the jerseys that are going to be sold. Number fours are going to be all over Houston Stadium. So I think that that's the guy that they're waiting for. I think that he will be out there. I would like to say week one. I would venture to say maybe a couple weeks in. But Deshaun Watson, to me, should be the starter of this team. Like you said, Deontay Foreman got got himself in trouble. Lamar Miller, I'm not really sold on fantasy football-wise. I've never been. I know he's had some good moments, but it's hard for me to lean on him. Alfred Blue, outside of two good moments a year, you're not getting much out of him fantasy football-wise. Will Fuller had some good days. So I think, you know, if Deshaun Watson's out there, I think Will Fuller gets better. Uh, You know, Braxton Miller, he's a guy coming from Ohio State that could do a lot of different things. DeAndre Hopkins, Jalen Strong. This is... This is a good three to four deep wide receiver core that I think Deshaun Watson could have some fun with. So I would like to see it be Deshaun. I think the fans want to see it be Deshaun, and I anticipate it being Deshaun at some point. Uh, another thing that I wanted to get in is the number one overall. In your opinion, Mike, if you had the number one pick today in your fantasy football draft, who would you take? David Johnson, without hesitation. And I mean, this is a guy who can do it all. I mean, this is a guy who can catch the ball. Whether you're in a PPR league or not, he's going to be on the field for three downs. He has explosive speed. He can score touchdowns. He can line up almost like a Le'Veon Bell at a wideout situation. This is a guy who's all over the place. And you want a guy who's all over the place. You want a guy who's getting touches. You want a guy who doesn't come off the field. And that's David Johnson. I don't think that many will disagree with you. I think that it's amazing that David Johnson went from utter obscurity in the beginning to who's this guy, to this guy's pretty good, to maybe I should draft him in the first round, to now he's the number one pick. I call him the Marshall Falk-esque type of player because of his ability to run and catch and because he could be in a game and get you three or four touchdowns if he's feeling it. So, you know, I think David Johnson, a healthy David Johnson, is going to make things happen. I don't think he necessarily needs a great line. And I think in Arizona, the opportunity for him to excel is high because I think he has become the number one threat in Arizona for their team. You know, Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham Jr., these are the top five in one of the rankings I'm looking at right now. And I like to look at other people's rankings to kind of gauge where you and I are at as opposed to what some people are seeing online. Odell Beckham Jr., top five or no? Overall. Well, I don't think he's top, yeah, I don't think he's top five overall. He's definitely, you know, in the top three and or four, or you might even want to go five in receiver. And I was, well, there's some talent because, well, there's some talented other receivers there. You know, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Mike Evans, Jordy Nelson, A.J. Green, Michael Thomas is on the rise. You know, there's a, there's a lot of talent 
talented receivers in the league, but Odell's definitely great. I, I, I got him number eight overall right now, but number two as far as a wide receiver. Yeah, I, I put him behind Antonio Brown, and, and I'm, a, I'm with you. I don't put him as a top five as far as overall rankings, no matter what league you're in. You know, Jay Ajayi has, has obviously moved up. Melvin Gordon has moved up in overall rankings. What can you say about Melvin Gordon and Jay Ajayi? Are these guys, are you sold on them at this point? I'm sold on Melvin Gordon. I'm sold on Melvin Gordon because he got his work ethic. He got his, he got everything in line. You know, last year in the summertime, you know, he worked out with Adrian Peterson over in Texas. And, you know, that really catapulted him. If you remember two years ago, Melvin Gordon was going to be the guy and he didn't shine at all. I don't even think he scored a touchdown, maybe one touchdown all year's rookie season. And then his second year, he exploded. And, and, and part of that was that off-season training. You know, you train with a guy, and, and he did a smart thing. You know, Adrian Peterson, arguably one of the best backs in the last 10 years or so, this is a guy who consistently can put it out there, and this is a guy who consistently runs with, with, with he, he puts terror into people's eyes. He's, he's a hard runner. Now, lately, in the past couple years, they've been, you know, kind of encouraging not to take hits and take, you know, take it to the sideline, run out of bounds, and so forth, and that's what a lot of guys do to, extend their careers because you can take a tremendous beating as a running back in the NFL. But I think the thing that we need to keep in mind is that Melvin Gordon still is in his third year. Jay Ajayi is still a young back as well. I've got both of those guys as top ten running backs. I got I got Melvin Gordon as a number six running back and I've got I've got Jay Ajayi as the number eight quarterback. Uh, overall Melvin Gordon I have him number seven overall and Jay Ajayi I have number Here's an issue, a problem that has gone on for years and has only gotten progressively worse with the draft in 2017. Here on Fantasy Football Friday with Mike Sofka and myself, Dan Satora, inside of Wake Up Call. With Dan Satora, you're listening live on MixLR.com backslash Wake Up Call DT, the live feed. Right after the show, the this live show will be archived on that live feed. And you can also go and, and listen to over 700 shows on the Wake Up Call free app, wakeupcalldt.podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N.com backslash mobile, M-O-B-I-L-E. The issue in the backfield of the Cincinnati Bengals, who Jeremy Hill, Giovanni Bernard, and now Joe Mixon, if you look currently at the belief system going into training camp, of, of what people think is going to happen. Some have Joe Mixon number one, some have Jeremy Hill, but inevitably Jeremy Hill has fallen farther than anyone. Giovanni Bernard, somewhat okay in his, in his uh, position in fantasy football rankings. Joe Mixon above them both. What do you think about the two-headed running back that they couldn't figure it out? That's now a three-headed running back that I would imagine would only, only make things worse. Does Joe Mixon take this outright? Or do you steer people clear of Cincinnati? Oh, no, I like Joe Mixon a lot. I think that, uh, you know, the -the off-the-field issues is one thing, but this is a talented guy. Uh, If they can keep his head on straight, I think he's going to do some tremendous things. This is a rookie to watch. He reminds me more of Jeremy Hill, but he has some flexibility of Giovanni Bernard. 
catcher of the two and the third down guy, and they were breaking it up like a thunder and lightning type kind of thing. Well, that's not good for you in fantasy football. You want a guy that's the all-around package, and it looks like Joe Mixon is more so the Jeremy Hill, but with some touches of Giovanni Bernard, which is exactly what Cincinnati needs. They still have an okay situation at quarterback there. They have some speed at receiver with not only A.J. Green, but now John Ross, who's lightning quick. They have a great tight end who, if he can stay on the field, is going to be great in Tyler Eifert. You know, this is a team that could do some things, finally, if everybody stays healthy, now that they have a solid guy they can keep on the field in Joe Mixon. Now, Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard are still going to get their touches, but at the same time, Joe Mixon is definitely going to be the guy there in Cincinnati. And like you said, off the field issues, obviously, are a problem he has to he has to stay on the straight and narrow and fix some of the things he's done in the past. If he does that and he's healthy, then there is some belief in what he can be for this team. Do you do you look at Giovanni Bernard and Jeremy Hill at all? Or do you do what I've done and only draft them if I desperately need a running back late in the draft? I mean, is are these guys untouchables at this point? Well, right now I've got Giovanni Bernard going in the tenth round. Uh, you know, I I don't have the ability to have Jeremy Hill as high rank as him, but he's also going in the tenth round. So I think the guy to have is Joe Mixon. He's going to average draft position now of of the fifth round, seventh pick. So that's kind of right there in the middle of the fifth round. But I think if you're looking for if you if you're just going to take one back from Cincinnati, definitely the guy is Joe Mixon. And it's a coin flip on Giovanni Bernard or Jeremy Hill. You're counting on a lot of things to happen. You're counting on an injury. You're counting on something else going on. So I would tend to stay away from that situation if I can. My whole goal with drafting my team is I want as many number ones, whether they're not my number one or number three. If I carry four running backs, I want as many of them to be number one running backs as possible. I don't want my number three running back to be a number two or three running back. I want a guy that I can put in there due to injury, or I want a guy that I can trade and give another piece that my team needs. So you're always looking for those RB1s, QB1s, wide receiver ones, no matter where they're tiered on your roster. That coming from Mike Sofka, myself, Dan Tortora, here with you with Fantasy Football Friday inside of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, live streaming on the homepage, and the live stream itself, mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. We will take the final step aside of today's show, and we will be back in just a moment to wrap up final thoughts in our first edition of Fantasy Football Friday for the upcoming 2017-18 NFL season. Stay tuned and stay close. We'll be back in just a moment here on wakeupcalldt.com and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. This is a wake-up call fast break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base 
for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash DT in the morning menu, proudly presented by the Market Diner on 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, New York, in the regional market across from Destiny, USA, and the home of the Dan Tortora special, Belgian waffle cut in half filled with a bacon, egg, and cheese omelet. It is a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich spun my way with the Belgian waffle being your bread. So go out there and try it today. And thank you to the countless number of people that have been out there to have the sandwich. And to everybody that came out to Trivia and was talking about the sandwich this week. It was really cool, so thank you for that. The Wildcat Sports Pub proudly brings you Fantasy Football Friday segment every Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, exclusively here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. They also bring you live draft parties the entire NFL season, our big game party at the end of the season for whatever two teams make it to the end of the road in 2017-18 for the NFL, and so much more. If you want to get involved in fantasy football in upstate New York, go to wakeupcalldt.com and fill out the sign-up sheet for fantasy football right there on the homepage and become a part of history. Four leagues this year with the potential of adding more if we have more people come in here and we have to realign like college football has inevitably done over the last decade. As Mike and I have a few minutes left, just a couple minutes left here on the show, I think it's only fair we're talking NFL. Mike, what do you think about Juice getting out of prison? I think it's uh, I think it's a conspiracy. I think it's something tied in with Ford because I think in October the Bronco is going to be making a resurgence on the market. I think they're going to do a cross promotion with OJ getting out of prison and a white Bronco. I think it would be absolutely amazing if when the white Bronco came back, they had him as a spokesperson. They would sell so many white Broncos. Yeah, I mean they wouldn't be able to keep them on the lot. I think. I think it would be the greatest coup of any car company is to have OJ on a white Bronco. Just do the entire commercial, have no OJ, and then right at the end, have OJ go. And for those of you that think you need to be in a sports car for a pickup, I let you know from firsthand experience, the Ford Bronco can hold its own. That's all I want him to say. All I want him to say is talk about the speed of the Ford Bronco. That's all I want him to do is to come in at the end and say... If you guys think sports car is the way to go, I'm here to tell you that the Bronco on the highway can pick up. Just ask me. And then play like a little clip of him driving away. I think it would be perfect. Yeah, like isn't there a commercial or a product out there that the uh, the tagline is, want to get away? I think <laughs> if uh, Ford uses that, want to get away, and just shows the Bronco, you know, in that slow chase on the 305 or whatever that is out there in LA, I think it would be wonderful. I think it would be great for sales. I think you're right. Any publicity is good publicity as long as they spell the name right. I think that he should have the. I think he should have it with the tagline "Too Fast, Too Furious." I like that too. <laughs> 
I think it would be a good idea. But, awesome. but OJ's getting out of jail. Former Buffalo Bills running back, which which only segues into LaShawn McCoy, Buffalo Bills running back. I do not believe in LaShawn McCoy. This is not, and like, and I like I tell people all the time, this is not personal. This is me as an impartial broadcaster. I love talking with all these guys, whether I would put them on my fantasy team or not. I respect them. I care about them. I want to see them all do well. I'm saying from a fantasy football commissioner and owner's perspective and as a broadcaster, I do not believe in LaShawn McCoy. I would not put him on my team. I know that last year he had 1,200 yards plus, so people think I'm insane, and that he's had five 1,000-yard seasons, and he's had three in the last four years, but I'm not sold on the consistent scoring of LaShawn McCoy. You might call me nuts for this, but, Mike, what do you think? I mean, to me, there's so many other running backs I'd take before him. What are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you're on to something. However, you can't argue with, with performance. You know, it's always the proof's in the pudding. It's always show me the numbers. It's always let me see this for real. And, you know, he's still worthy of the top five running back pick. Now, Jonathan Williams is poised to take over that position there should something happen, should there be an injury. But I think that's a little far away yet. I think you're going to have to put up with McCoy for yet another year. But, you know, they're able to run the ball in Buffalo. Whether you like the running back or not, you can't argue with the success. And I think part of that is because of their quarterback. Their quarterback situation mandates that they run the ball. And that's only because they don't have anybody to throw the ball to. Sammy Watkins, as good as he is, he's not any good if he's not on the field. He's always hurt. You're not helping the club if you're in the tub, is what they say. And that's pretty much where Sammy Watkins is. So look out for Zay Jones to pop up there in the receiver role. But they're still going to run the ball effectively in Buffalo. And LaShawn McCoy is still going to be a top five fantasy running back. I think that the next OJ tagline should be, you're not helping the club if you're in the tub. I like that, too. I think that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's good. That's his, hot, that's his hot tub promo coming up. But All right. you brought up Zay Jones. And... I know Zay Jones, I've interviewed Zay Jones, I've been around Zay Jones, and I've covered East Carolina. Zay is a huge, huge threat, and I think he's a steal when Buffalo got him. I think he's a definite steal in the draft. Could be one of the best wide receivers to come out of this draft. Is he draftable in fantasy football? Would you look at sneaking him in somewhere late? Yeah, I think you have to. The history in the league with rookie receivers isn't as great. They're few and far between that can make a dynamic impact on your fantasy team. If you're in a dynasty league, that's a great situation. Or if you want to take a flyer or if you draft Sammy Watkins and Zay Jones is available late as a backup because they're going to have to rely on somebody when Watkins doesn't make it on the field. So he's going to get the looks. He's going to get the targets. The question is, is will he be able to man up? Will he be able to get the job done? Will he be able to prove himself as an NFL receiver on the field? Right now, I've got him going in an average of a 17th round, halfway between the 17th round. So take that as you may. I've got him ranked the number 77 wide receiver right now. So if you're looking for immediate performance, not so much. If you're in a dynasty league, that's probably the guy. And I do think, especially up here in upstate New York, he's going to get taken well before round 17. So I think I could see him anywhere from 10 to 13 up here in New York. Down in Florida, we'll see. I guess we'll have to see how he goes. This has nothing to do with fantasy football, but I put up these polls, and I want you guys to vote in them. Go to Twitter at CallDT, that's C-A-L-L-D-T, and join me in these polls that I put up weekly. 
sometimes daily or every other day. One of them, where do you think Derrick Rose will wind up? 22% of you say the Lakers. 54% of you say the Cavaliers. 17% say the Bulls. 7% somewhere else. The other poll, how many seasons do you believe Lane Kiffin will coach at FAU? 33% of you say none. 17% of you say one. 17% 17% of you say four or more, and 33% of you say two or more. So the majority of you are thinking he's never going to coach one game, but if he does, it'll be two or more. That's where you stand right now, and I look forward to your votes coming in on Twitter at CallDT. Mike, as always, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on here. I'm very happy to have you back. Fridays are never the same without you, so I look forward to every Friday, 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, here on Wake Up Call, making sure that we're the guys that are giving people advice on how to handle fantasy football drafts, the season, and everything that is to come. So thank you as always. Yeah, sounds great. I look forward to to being here all season. Check me out on my website at halloffamefantasyfootball.com. I'm the only guy in the industry that has a playoff guarantee. You are guaranteed. If you you haven't been in the playoffs in your league, shame on you. Go to my site, halloffamefantasyfootball.com. Let's get you on a winning track. HalloFameFantasyFootball.com. Guaranteed to get you into the playoffs. That's big, especially if you're in one of my leagues and you want that mini Lombardi trophy and you want to put that on your wall. That's something that you need to have. And the institution, and I don't even know, I don't think Mike knows about this, the institution of our last place prize. It's not only first place for the Lombardi, the worst team in the league gets a toilet bowl trophy with their face in the toilet. And I'm very excited to unveil that with our eighth year down in Orlando as well as up here in the Central New York Leagues, that if you are the last place team, you will get a trophy, and it will be your toilet trophy, and, and you can show it off to your friends. It's actually a very nicely nicely put together trophy as much as it is last place. So what do you think about it, Mike? Is, is it about time for us to have that last place trophy? I guess so. I, I, I don't foresee any spot on my mantle for that. I, <laughs> I've made room for this year's trophy in the league, but... I don't know. I guess I got to get a measurement on the toilet, uh, on the toilet one for Mrs. Hall of Fame. See if she wants that last place trophy on the mantle or not. Oh, calling out the lady who's who's gone to work and done some pretty darn good things in her own time. So we shall see. Mike Sofka, myself, Dan Satora, Fantasy Football Friday every Friday from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time inside of Wake Up Call. Mike, as always, thank you so much. I look forward to talking with you next Friday, and inevitably we'll talk between now and then. So have yourself a great weekend and good to have you back. All right, thank you. I'll talk to you next time.